Welcome to the TAGT podcast. Come along as we work to connect the GT community and explore new ways to meet the unique needs of gifted individuals. This is the TAGT podcast. This podcast was recorded at the 2023 TAGT Leadership Conference. Hello and welcome to the Texas Association for the Gifted and Talented podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fluche. A special thank you to our sponsor, Renzuli Learning. Check them out and get your free trial at renzulilearning.com. Today, we're chatting with Teresa Francis and Audra Rao. Teresa Francis is entering her 29th year of service to schools in the Metroplex. 28 of those years have been in Mansfield ISD. She served as a social studies teacher and a coach for the first 18 years of her career, and then moved into leadership and administrative roles, including positions as department chair, assistant principal, and content coordinator. She currently serves as the Advanced Academics Coordinator. Ms. Francis received her Bachelor of Arts in History and English in 1992. She was awarded her Master's Degree in Educational Administration followed by her Superintendent Certification. She holds Lifetime State Board of Educator Certification in History and English and is certified by the State of Texas and Gifted and Talented and as a Principal and as a Superintendent. Welcome, Teresa. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing great today. Yeah, Thank are you, you. Are enjoying your, your gifted leadership experience this year? I am. I've had great sessions today. Yes, very good. And we're also here with Audra Rowell. She's been an educator for 29 years. After teaching elementary school for 12 years, she became the elementary GT coordinator for Irving ISD. In 2015, she moved to Northwest ISD to serve as the Advanced Academics Coordinator overseeing Gifted Services, AP, Math Acceleration, UIL, and Destination Imagination, DI. Audra has been actively involved with the Texas Association for the Gifted and Talented since 2005 in many capacities, serving on the board since 2019. Audra, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I I love this, and I hope this podcast is a great place for people to kind of come together and hear stories of being in this world in GT, in this crazy uh, lane of education that we're in, and just thinking about Northwest ISD and Mansfield ISD, uh, even though I feel like there's a lot of similarities between the two ISDs, there's also a lot of differences. So I want to kind of start with that. Uh, Teresa, could you tell us a little bit more about your role, what you do, and maybe kind of your vision for what your role is within your district? Okay, so I'm the Director of Advanced Academics, and in Mansfield, that can that consists of gifted and talented uh, advanced placement dual credit avid and even um, interestingly enough the LOAT or languages other than English program interesting so yeah because I think a lot of people uh, so there's a dynamic that I have found coming to TAGT there are people who get GT thrown at them in addition to what they were trying to go in to do. But then the inverse of they're trying to do GT, there's not enough funding to go around. So they get asked to do a little bit more. So it sounds like you were asked to do a little bit more. Yes, uh-huh. I was. Well, I started out as a coordinator and then I said, this is way more than a coordinator's job. When we look at, when we compare the two, mm. I do a lot more nights and weekends and I manage a larger budget and I have more people and all the things. So 
I said, I feel like I should be a director. And when that happened, that's when they gave me all the other jobs as assigned. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you know what? You should be a director. And here's 15 other things to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. That's what happened. So that's a risk reward, really. It is. But it, and I, and we're, we're making jokes, but I think that's a, a reality, right? Is that when you move into that idea of becoming a director, which sounds great. I think all of us in GT, whether you're a teacher or a director or beyond, we're, we're worried about the amount of support we get. We're worried about the funding we get. But there, it's a mixed bag, right? Once you get there, then all of a sudden, it's not like there's just all the money in the world, you know what I mean, and you can create it and, and there's more on your plate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Audrey, what about you? Well, tell us a little bit about your role and what that looks like. So the Advanced Academics Coordinator, um, and that's K-12. So GT is um, definitely a big chunk of that, but I also work with like our AP teachers and um, in their uh, program and of course, you know, exams and APSIs. Um, I work more on the, when it comes to things like PSAT and SAT, I am more on the instructional like PD side of things. Um, our research and assessment department handles like the logistics of actually testing, but once we get the results, what do we do with it? Mm -hmm. um, and then we also have a math acceleration program in elementary, so I oversee that um, and support campuses when they have kids who want to um, just skip an entire grade. And then um, uh, UIL academics for all three levels and destination imagination yeah. for the whole district. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so just sitting here with the two leaders of their districts when it comes to GT, there's some differences there. Mm -hmm. I don't know, what do y'all think as you hear that, even just hearing between the two of like, wait a second, I don't do that, or I'm glad you do that and I don't. <laughs> I don't know, what do you think? Um, I don't, I think, you know, as we talk to people that do our job, mm -hmm. everybody has a little bit of a mm -hmm. different mix of responsibilities. Right. Um, I think... Most all of us in this position, that especially that comes to TAGT, have a love first of gifted services. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said earlier, you know, just what else does it take? You know, what else do you put on? But I think as you get into it and you see that your gifted kids need more services, mm -hmm. that's when you end up taking on, like, yeah. Destination Imagination mm -hmm. or Math Pentathlon or those yeah. things because nobody's doing it. Right for the kids, mm -hmm. so you end up bringing like it in. Here's, here's yeah. something else our kids here's need. Here's something um, else our kids need. Yeah, so to be in charge of it. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. that's, that's a great point, too, the risk-reward there of seeing our kids and the unique needs of our kids, high-potential students, students outpacing their peers, right? Mm -hmm. But if you start to move into that space of providing, let's say, something like a DI, mm -hmm. which is no small task to provide, <laughs> no, it's not. that's a lot to put onto your plate, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there are definitely some things I want to do for my district, but I, like right now, I can't. So I kind of have right. this running list of, okay, maybe next year I can get to this, or, you know, maybe I'll put this on the in two years from now. Um, so I definitely have a, a running list of, of things, of, of goals, and, you know, in my happy world, this will happen someday. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Um, because that, it, it's interesting that we were able to get both of you on the podcast at the same time, Mansfield ISD, according to uh, the really reliable search engine Google. Um, Mansfield ISD, 49 schools about with about 35,000 students. Northwest serves, it said, 14 different cities and around 29,000 yep. students. Yes. So even very similar, very different things. So 
what what would you say if you kind of had to broadly speak you know what are you trying to do what what do you feel like is your big emphasis or uh, mission right now like man the culture of our district and education right now it's really important that I provide that acceleration piece because that's been de-emphasized it's really important that I bring that enrichment piece because the kids aren't going as deep as they want what would you say is kind of on your plate that you're trying to dig into right now let's start with Audra let's see I mean I think well I know when I'm talking with the all of our elementary schools have a GT specialist right and so when when we come together one of the things that we talk about is Yes, your first priority is serving gifted learners, right? And we have a pull-out model. But you're not pulling out kids all the time. So what are you doing the rest of the time? How are you proving, kind of thinking about our mastermind today, how are you proving your value? What, like what benefits are you bringing not just to the you know 40 gifted kids at your campus, but to the 800 kids that are at right. your campus and the teachers? So I think that's really where our focus has been um, for the past few years is what are we doing to support not just our gifted kids but our teachers who can help all of our kids Mm. you know be challenged and have um, get the great education that they're entitled to Mm -hmm. I have a a few follow-up questions there but I'll I'll turn (laughs) it to Teresa first I kind of have the same um, I mean it's a little different spin but the same thing Uh, one of the priorities that I have in, 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 in my head is I need better services for my gifted kids because I, I often do the comparison. When I have to fight so hard for every little thing, mm-hmm. I do the comparison. You know, special ed doesn't have to fight this mm-hmm. hard to get this. Yeah. Or, you know, we're, we're doing bending over backwards for kids who are not meeting you know the standard for growth but we're not doing anything mm-hmm. to help those kids who've you know bust the ceiling out mm-hmm. and so that's my um, you know that's my big priority is to try to bring more awareness and therefore more support to our gifted kids yeah, yeah. and I appreciate that mark too because I, I know that's something that strikes me as a huge conversation we're having in our district is those high-performing kids who are actually showing lower growth than they mm-hmm. should be. It's almost like, oh, these kids, because we have a lot of those kids in our program, mm-hmm. what are we doing to tap into those kids' potential to make them want to be at school to keep growing? Because that's not an easy equation to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but even right that, okay, you brought up specialists that you have. Because mm-hmm. what I, I at least this is how I read it. You hear other people in other districts, and you're like, okay, wait a second. They have GT specialists, mm-hmm. and they have one at each campus, and yes. we do a pull-out model, mm-hmm. which you could go right down the road. There's no specialist. You have GT teachers or you have GT coordinators or whatever. So could you tell us a little bit more about your elementary model? Yeah, um, and it has definitely, um, as we've grown, um, it has <laughs> has definitely evolved. When we were a much smaller district, we didn't have, like, a dedicated GT person. It was kind of like the like an instructional coach almost mm-hmm. for the whole campus and also pull out these kids. Um, and then as the district started to grow, um, we had, um, we added GT specialists, but they usually had, you know, two or three campuses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because at the time our, our schools were small, like four or 500 kids. Um, but then as the district grew and we added schools, um, then, and this was actually all before I got here, um, but then they, um, 
they start saying, oh, you're, this campus is really large. You need a, a full person. Well, when I got to Northwest in 2015, almost every campus had a full-time person, but there were a few schools that had to share. And they had to share because their numbers were lower, but they were also all of our Title I schools. Mm. So <laughs> I was like, well, I get it, but that's that's like the very definition of an equity issue. Mm. Um, so we worked on that and we were able to add um, to get it to where every elementary has a GT specialist. Um, and now when we open a new school, that is one part of the staffing. Everyone in. gets one because, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's not just like usually the GT specialist is you know, on the instructional leadership team. They are heading up things like DI and UIL and all the other after school things and, and going into classrooms and collaborating with classroom teachers. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So they're available for that pull out. Mm -hmm. They're making themselves available for the others. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that instruction, that makes me think of that instructional coach talk. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what, what percentage of their day are they spending time Ooh. in a pull out with kids? You think if you're at, I guess, it, is it a yeah. pre-K through five type campus or you pull in? Mm -hmm. K-5. K-5. Yeah. Um, ooh, that's really hard to say. I mean, I would, it's the bulk of their day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because they have to build a schedule based on the classroom, you know, and when is lunch and when is PE and all it's those things. Campus to campus. So yeah. there are, yeah, and sometimes um, a, a specialist may not, she may get, give herself a 10 minute lunch on Monday and then the next day she gives herself a 20 minute lunch, you know, so their, their schedules are really, it, it is a work of art <laughs> when right. they're designing that schedule. Um, and um, and yeah, like I said, it could be that they are seeing kids nonstop all day, but then the next day they may have a little bit more of a break. So it really just kind of depends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you? What about your elementary model there in Mansfield? So um, I aspire to have <laughs> Northwest's model because okay. we yeah. have a specialist at every campus, but they are a full-time classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. Or in a few cases, there are, there are campus librarian. Um, so they do what they can. Um, but a lot of what they have to do is after school, a few campuses, and this is all based on principal decision, I have no say in this, mm -hmm. a few campuses will give the specialist an extra period off to work on identification or service, you know, or things like that. But our elementary model is um, they're served in the cluster model in their four core classes. So we train all of our elementary teachers. Mm -hmm. uh, well, at kinder and second, everyone is taught, is trained. But then we have different numbers, depending on the numbers of students at the campus, of teachers in first grade, third, and fourth, so that those students are all clustered in GT cluster classes. Wow, okay. So that's fascinating. So again, similar districts, yet very different approaches. But I do feel like there is something powerful about both. There's something powerful about being pulled out and regimenting that time of like, hey, we're doing enrichment. We're gonna we're gonna maybe do something you ordinarily wouldn't get. Mm -hmm. But that also comes at the risk of that time when they're not with them, when they're in the regular classroom, does that excuse the teacher from differentiating, right? Which I feel like your model would maybe hit that more on the head of like, hey, it's expected that when we walk in that those GTs kids needs are being met, right? Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to misrepresent. No, I guess the perfect model would be both. Could be. Yeah. You know, Could be. we have 
you know, highly trained GT teachers teaching students in the four core areas, and then they have pull out mm-hmm. to work on other things, robotics, mm-hmm. destination imagination, um, right. independent study, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause this, see, this is the exact stuff I want to get to because I think, again, you could go to a huge district in the state and they have their approach. They maybe have more resources or personnel to do some of this. You go to small districts in Texas, we have some districts that aren't doing GT at all. They say, hey, we don't need that, you know, the allotment or whatever. So it's fascinating to kind of hear where you're at. And um, I don't know, if you could change one thing about your service, does anything come to mind? And I know that y'all are the kind of the thought leaders for your district. I'm putting you on the spot there. <laughs> let me Let me share this aside for a second with me and my situation because I feel like a lot of what our services are, are based off of what they had been. You kind of said talk yeah. about walking into Northwest. And I think I've had to get to a point where I've had to say, okay, it's been this way, but what's my vision for accomplishing the state plan? When you talk about that self-directed learning, building communication and thinking and research skills and showing that through products and performances, right? Um, and I feel like that's made me step back and say, Okay, what, it turns into a creativity issue of like, these are the resources I have, here's the limitations that I have, here's how I'm going to try to accomplish that. And so it's that mixture of innovation, but also kind of where you're at and what you can do. Uh, does anything come to mind with y'all of like, man, uh, I'd really like to move in this space, or maybe you already are, and you're all about <laughs> this one or two thing that you're yeah. doing, I don't know. Uh, well, one of the things that we are really just beginning the conversation is an the idea of tiered services okay um, because even though you know we have you know all these gifted kids some of them are very high verbally but some of them are really high non-verbally and do those kids need the same thing um, and then we have you know a, a diverse um, district like you mentioned earlier we are in 14 different communities of all different um, you know, economic backgrounds, um, ethnicities, language backgrounds, all the things. And so, um, you know, the gifted learners at a school in one part of the district may not need what the kids in another part of the district um, need. And then when you start looking at their, you know, all their data, um, you can kind of see that. So that's, like I said, we are, we are just now starting to have that conversation of if we could do tiered services, what does that look like? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Fascinating. How would you how would you uh, respond to that? If what you're working on or hoping to work on? So I think I'm working on a little bit of the same thing, but mine is more consistency. Um, mm. I would like we have a very diverse district as well. Um, we are 96 miles wow. in, in space in our district, and we have I believe 42 languages spoken in our district. So we have a lot of service needs, and they are very different from campus to campus but I would like to be able to say that a student could move from campus A to campus B and get equitable services Mm -hmm. not necessarily the same but equitable services so they could get what they need to help them grow Mm -hmm. and I don't know that I can say that across every campus right now yeah well it's no small task to do for sure For sure. Were you about to say something? No. (laughs) Well, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And again, very selfishly, that's why I love this conversation because I think it takes a place and a space like TAGT to run into people to know, Mm -hmm. like, hey, I walked into this. This is how it always was. I have no context for how it's different. 
Um, and I wonder too, I guess you came from Irving ISD. Mm -hmm. Was that a very different approach there? <laughs> very different. Mm -hmm. We had a self-contained accelerated model. So mm -hmm. when I was in the classroom, I was a fifth grade teacher. Every kid in my classroom was identified. And by the end of the year, I had taught them not just the fifth grade standards, but the sixth grade standards in math cool. and ELA. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So very wow. different. <laughs> right. And, and I'll throw this out there too. And then I'd love to know a little bit more about y'all and y'all's history too. But does it complicate things? TEA does a great job in, in one sense of having a definition for gifted that is specific and broad at the same time. Mm -hmm. yes. So we start talking about kids who outpace their peers relative to, and I'm paraphrasing here, other kids of the same background, mm -hmm. age experience, right? You have kids who are showing potential and have the, the potential for showing that, right? Um, and then also you have the different domains. We're talking about creativity, leadership, mm -hmm. the core contents, intellect. Does that definition end up impacting how you do your job? Uh, does it impact how you approach services? Or do you feel like um, you're able to kind of simplify it in a manageable way? I, I guess what I'm admitting is sometimes I struggle with that. Like leadership is a big emphasis and we've been able to work with some people we've had on the podcast of Boswell and Christopher of like, hey, we want to have resources that target building leaders more um, because we don't always capture that. But if you're going to try to serve that, that means you've also got to try to identify that. And what are the outcomes of that? It gets messy really quickly. It does. It does. Um, I think that, um, I don't know, anybody who I talk to who thinks their program is perfect. You know, like, <laughs> right. I'm doing exactly what I want to do, and it's all perfect. Um but I think you kind of have to look at what can you and your department, whatever the size of your department is, manage. And what can what capacity can you build in your campus leaders mm. that they can manage? Because mm -hmm. I would love to be able to say that we are identifying and serving equitably in all of the areas of GT identification. Mm. But I know we're not. Mm -hmm. We're not doing a good enough job in creativity. We have one, um, really one kind of feeder pattern in our district that does a great job of creativity services. Oh, wow. But others are not doing what they should be doing. Mm. Leadership is kind of a how do you, how do you identify it? And then yeah. how do you serve it? How do you know that those kids are being served? Right. So there's some where the state doesn't give you enough guidance. Mm-hmm. And then there's other places where the state gives you a lot of guidance, but not a lot of details on how. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, yeah, in, in our happy world, yes, we serve yeah. all the different kinds, yeah. you know, but luckily <laughs> I think, you know, usually the, the bigger the district where you have opportunities, mm -hmm. like we don't serve for, or we don't identify and serve in the arts, but we have an amazing fine arts program. Exactly. You know what I mean? And we right. have lots yeah. of leadership opportunities for kids. So while those kids may not have like the GT code and PEMS, like they yeah. are finding their areas. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, that, that helps me sleep a little bit better at uh, night. Yeah. Um, and then we try and, you know, um, as we're designing curriculum, what what can we put in this you know unit that helps with leadership, or where can we put in a little bit of creativity? Right. But I think it's easier um, for the district, at least, to say we have good programs in place for leadership and mm -hmm. for fine yeah. arts, yeah. than to say 
as a silo, we have good programs in place for gifted um, academic instruction. Mm. Because you can say, we've got an orchestra, we've got a, you know, we've got a band that we send kids to state every year. We've got, you know, mm-hmm. here's the here's the check boxes that we can tick off to say we've got a great program. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to say, what are the what are the check boxes for making sure that you're serving your GT academically identified kids the right way all the way through from K to 12. Absolutely. And there's a huge value to that. And, you know, this keeps driving me back to, I know dynamics that I work with of, you know, there's so many opportunities that I feel like are, are really being celebrated right now in education with things that are evolving with CTE. You know, the emphasis of CCMR measures and trying to get kids college ready and all those are great. And what I'm finding is it comes down to, I wonder if there's a better way for me to plug our services into those opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we build value of like, hey, it's not just an enrichment track that's good in general. This is your pathway to get that CCMR measure. Maybe that's the in-house conversation. The -the out-of-the-house conversation to parents is, hey, we have a track here to really prepare you for college because you are going to be a, you know, going into seventh grade when you're in sixth grade mathematically. Uh, But also... um, you know, it's not an explicit GT program. We found your kids creatively gifted in the arts. We're going to make sure that they know this opportunity in this middle school and high school. You know, it's that relationship building and trying to connect with that, which I feel like our roles are, it's a big part of yes. what we do. And that, But that's not always easy either when other people probably are not prioritizing making those two right. pegs yep. fit, right? Right. Um, do you feel like working within the structure of your district, the other departments or divisions, however it's structured, is that a big part of your role as well, or uh, what does oh, yeah. that look uh, like? Oh, yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. Um, we are heavily involved with the other, like, contents. Mm-hmm. Um, I office in the same building with them, yeah. and I work with them every day uh, to, you know, how can I help you get more in your curriculum to support our gifted kids? Mm. Or, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I saw this great lesson can we, you know, put it out there in your curriculum for others to share and see? So I work really closely with the the academic people. Yeah. Um, I work tangentially close with the fine arts director, mm-hmm. and uh, but I have a actually a closer relationship really um, with the EL um, or Emerging Bilinguals program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've started working really closely together as well as um, we brought in the dyslexia director. So we're trying to find the kids that don't get identified because mm-hmm. of other barriers. Right, right. That's huge. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. emerging bilingual. We're in Texas. Yeah. What a huge part of our right. population we <laughs> right. got to be diligent with, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. What would you say? Um, so really similar, um, and it's funny because I was just telling a group this earlier. Like I, I feel with our role, like we fit everywhere at the admin building, mm-hmm. but we also don't fit, fit nowhere. <laughs> anywhere right. we fit nowhere um, and it's and I've done this job for 16 years um, and I've been under teaching and learning I've been under mm-hmm. CNI I've been under mm-hmm. student services and it doesn't really matter where you put me like because I I need to work with everybody because everybody's going to touch gifted kids whether it's our content coordinators mm-hmm. or the special ed department mm-hmm. or emerging bilingual mm-hmm. or the uh, fine arts our research and assessment department mm-hmm. so I feel like you know that's a, a part of my job is to make sure I've got a good relationship with all the other departments so we can right. collaborate and, right. and make things happen right but yeah 
Absolutely. You got to you got to do what uh, Vanilla Ice <laughs> once said: stop, collaborate, and listen. Absolutely, absolutely. That's All who those I things. take my GT advice from for sure. <laughs> um, we're dear. Let's not get into it. But uh, okay, so this this is great. So kind of diving into y'all specifically, how did, before you were director of advanced academics in Mansfield, tell us a little bit about your educational journey. Where did you okay. start it? How did you get there? We'll start with Teresa, but then I'd love to talk to Audrey. Where do too. I start? Like from yeah. elementary school or, you know, I mean, like, you know. You can. Uh, no, well, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah. I, but I really do think that your, your own personal mm-hmm. elementary and high school, you know, your traditional school education feeds into what you become and what you want to see. I had a great opportunity growing up that I was at a school where nobody labeled anybody gifted or whatever, but I was at a small school. So because I was a great reader, I was in the highest reading group. And I was, when I was in first grade, I was going downstairs to read with the fourth grade class. You know, so there was already that differentiation happening for me. Mm-hmm. And so I carry that in my back pocket all along. Like, I want those same opportunities for our kids. Right. Um, and then when I became a classroom teacher, uh, I knew I, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. But when I became a classroom teacher, you know, you have to – I was a social studies teacher. So you teach every kid. I've got – you know, we had the, the lowest of the low, the mm-hmm. fundamental students. We had everybody come in into our classroom. Mm-hmm. So it really took a lot of juggling to make sure, or to try to at least, make sure that everybody was getting something they need. Now, did I meet everybody's needs every day? Of course not. Mm. But you have to work hard to make sure that somebody gets something. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted to, and I always kept in the back of my head, even as I moved up into campus administration and then district level administration that I never wanted to forget what it was like to be a classroom teacher mm. because and I have not experienced anything like what teachers have experienced post COVID. Right. The pressures are insane. But I don't personally know what it's like, but I have absolute empathy for them and I'm never gonna forget that. Mm-hmm. I keep that in my head because I don't want to ask them to do too much. Absolutely. But yeah. I still want them to remember that kid who needs something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a teacher can sniff that out because how many times, I'm sure y'all run into it like I've had, where if you don't have a, if the teachers don't know that you have that healthy respect for them and what they're going through, the response could be, oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. you haven't yeah. been in the classroom in X amount of years. What do you know? What do you know of what I'm going through? So I yeah. think that that's huge and mm-hmm. I'm sure we're getting some more amens from the <laughs> teaching audience here uh, with this podcast. So that, so yeah, your journey started with you being a gifted kid yourself and moving mm-hmm. that along and becoming and getting involved as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to miss out on any of that, yeah. anything else. Yeah. But Audra, what about yours? Yeah, I mean, similar. Actually, I was, you know, um, back in the day, gifted education was kind of new. So I mm-hmm. was like in the the second group identified at my school. So, um, oh, wow. but I remember like. Like when I think about elementary, I remember Wednesday afternoons when I was pulled out, you know? Um, And then even up through high school, the classes we had, like those are definitely the ones that made an impact on me. Um, And then, you know, started teaching and took me a minute to find the right right place. 
um, for me. Um, and I, um, I've been teaching, I think my fifth year I ended up in Irving. Um, I actually with a friend of mine and Irving had actually just switched to this, um, self-contained model. And so, um, they were, um, uh, helping teachers get their, back then it was the gifted endorsement. We mm -hmm. took grad classes mm -hmm. through SMU. Yep. And so my friend was yep. doing it. She's like, you want to do it? And I was like, sure, why not? You know? <laughs> so I did that. And then, um, and then the opportunity came along for me to move from fourth to fifth grade to, to have that GT class. And I somehow started to get involved. I was asked, hey, do you want to work on the curriculum team? Hey, do you want to do some PD? Hey, you know, do you mm -hmm. want to do this? And I was like, sure, yeah, it sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. You know, extra money during the summer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, the person who was originally the elementary coordinator um, resigned, and um, and my the director at the time. And this is, you know, those one of those pivotal moments in your educational career. She came to see me, and she's like, you know, I think, you know, that this position is open. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I heard that. And she's like, um, I think you should think about applying for it. And um, I was like, no, I, that's that's not my thing, right? Because if you had told me I would ever like leave the classroom, I was like, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> no. Um, and and I was like, you know, I'm having too much fun with the kids and blah blah blah. And she was like, I. I don't think you understand what I'm asking you. Like, mm -hmm. I would like for you to apply for mm -hmm. this job. And I was like, but I'm not ready to leave the kids. Um, and she said, then that's why I need you. Because mm -hmm. if you're ready to leave the kids, then maybe the education's you. not for yeah, you. I don't you know what you. I mean? If and that has stuck escape. with me. That was mm -hmm. <laughs> 17 years ago. And that has always stuck with me. And um, and that's how I ended up here. Yep. So yep. wasn't anything I ever planned or thought about. Um, I actually thought I was going to go maybe teach like high school social studies at some yeah. point. And, yeah. and then this this came up and um, and it was hard to leave kids. But what I had to tell myself is I can have a, a bigger impact on more kids, mm -hmm. you know, at this level. And that's what that's what made it like doable for me. Yeah. So, yeah. So let me ask you about the impact of maybe TAGT as some uh, as as leaders in this field. How has TAGT been a part of your journey as well? Has it helped you connect? Has it helped you uh, yes, get yes, plugged yes. into all vendors, the support, <laughs> therapy, yes, all yeah. the things, all the things? Um, yeah. That you know, when you walk in, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you. I was a GT teacher. I was a campus GT specialist. Mm -hmm. I still had no idea. Yeah what this job what the mm -hmm. what it totally you know encompassed right yeah and I needed help mm -hmm. and this group has provided so much help and yeah. so much support you know oh you're you're doing the right thing you're you know you you worry that you're not doing well you're doing good yeah. it's fine you're doing fine mm -hmm. yeah. you know there's support there's answers for questions yes. how do I or have you done this yeah. You know, well, and TAGT has so many volunteer opportunities mm -hmm. that, you know, if you want to take advantage of them, then I feel that's only made me better in my job, right? Because now I understand a little bit of what goes behind some of the decision making and what is the you know the goal of TAGT and, and what are we trying to do with our different committees and things like that. So it it's it's personal growth like on a whole 
whole different level. Right. And sure. and serving on a committee is a great way to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I guess starting maybe offering to present things like that, yeah. volunteering to present, but a committee does let you see mm-hmm. more of the whole goal. Where are we going as a whole group? Mm-hmm. And and I've I was a social studies coordinator. I was president of the Texas Social Studies Supervisors Organization, and this group far outweighs yeah. mm-hmm. the, that group because, I mean, everybody's always willing to help. I'm not going to say that, but there are so many more resources available in TAGT than there are in any other group I've worked with. It, it really does feel like TAGT is a bit of an anomaly for mm-hmm. sure when you yeah. go and compare it to other educational kind of uh, organizations. Uh, yeah, the people here are seem seem to be quick to help and you're right those volunteer opportunities being a part of a committee there's committees on policy on uh, awareness or advocacy on leadership and it, it can make a huge difference uh-huh. so I guess y'all have been a part of these committees uh-huh. yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that which committee maybe oh, or maybe you maybe you get a bingo the, card all of the above yeah. I think and yeah. I yeah. and I had the pleasure of serving on the board for four years mm-hmm. um, and so that was that was really fun and educational and interesting and even like you learn things at a whole Mm -hmm. (laughs) a whole new level so um but yeah it's yeah and i think i've probably served on just about every committee um yeah committees give you a better chance to see what you can do at home what you can Mm -hmm. take back because like uh, currently I'm on the leadership committee but I've been on a lot of different a lot of the different committees but currently I'm on leadership so we talk about how do you put on TAGT how do you you know how do you do a conference how do you do the things what are we what's our goal what do we want to serve and so you can take those things back and maybe you're not going to do a conference at your district but it'll help you do a PD session or you know a day of professional development or something like that so Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, I think the resources to be able to equip teachers in TAGT is overwhelming in a good way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different types. <laughs> sure. um, okay, man, this is amazing. So I've got some questions in here as we start to wrap it up soon. But before we get there, if there's a parent of a, of a gifted kid or maybe a teacher who's listening and they get to hear your journeys, and, I, and again, I love and am very thankful that we have two leaders uh, of districts here um, in terms of GT, you know, what would you tell them of like, hey, I've learned this. If this is what you need to know as a parent or maybe young teacher about GT services. Uh, just as a starting point, a little advice. What, how would you kind of advise them? Kind of a big question. Well, that is a big question. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's important that parents, educators, community members understand that gifted is a service based on an educational need. Mm. Absolutely. And that your student may or may not need that service. And whether your student needs that service or not, we're going to love on your kiddo Uh and we're going to figure out maybe you don't need gifted services. But, man, you would be a rock star at Destination Imagination. Mm -hmm. Or maybe we need to think about accelerating you because you can need acceleration and not be a gifted learner. Absolutely. Or, man, I need to make sure you were on that honors pathway and that you're going to be taking AP and dual credit once you get to high school. Or going back to our Mm -hmm. leadership conversation, Mm -hmm. you're a gifted leader. How can I plug you into student council Mm -hmm. or, you know, 
all these other organizations mm-hmm. that can help you get there. So I think that's, to me, that is a really important piece that, that I, I would like more people to know and understand. It's okay if your kid doesn't need gifted services, they need something and we will figure out what that is. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the one thing that I'd like new teachers, maybe more than parents, because parents have lived with their children, you know, since birth. But new teachers especially, there is no one model for a gifted kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people who are new and don't, my kid gets all A's, so they should be gifted. Or this kid is a teacher. This kid's not getting A's. He's not gifted. You know, it has nothing to do with grades. Mm-hmm. Grades are one of the last things I look at when I talk about a gifted kid. Um so there's a lot of different um, ways to identify a gifted kid, and I mean more like personality traits. Mm-hmm. Like no gifted kid is the same, mm. and you can't say because you're gifted you are X because there's a lot of different X factors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. This is good stuff. And, I, and again, I hope this is a great enc- – I think it will be a great encouragement to those looking to be leaders like you two are for sure. Okay, so to start to wrap stuff up, I got my fast five questions for people to to learn a little bit more about you. The point is just to ask them quickly, get your knee-jerk response. It's okay if it's not perfectly thought out. Uh, They're a little bit fun, so we'll kind of alternate who we start with here. Question number one, Teresa. If your closest friends had to describe you in three words, what would they say? Um, Bossy, funny, (laughs) and organized. Okay, wow. That painted a really clear picture, I feel like. Yep. I'd know who you are <laughs> based off those three words. What do you think, Audrey? Um, loyal, organized, and giving. Okay, wow, very cool. Man, this is good. Okay, question two. We'll start with Audrey. You got $50. It's not a gift card to go anywhere. You got to use it at some sort of restaurant or place of business. Where are you going and why? Oh, my goodness. So many options. Well, if it's been a really rough day, I might be going to like crumble cookies. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Otherwise, it's probably going to be to, you know, a restaurant and I'm probably going to call up one of those friends and say, mm-hmm. hey, let's go. Let's mm-hmm. go have a nice dinner. Yeah, there you go. Very yeah. nice. What do you think? So I would put it towards, um, I'd have to add more money probably, but I would put it, if it was a rough day, towards like a spa because that escape is awesome Mm -hmm. yeah and i i think i know i'm gonna go a little segue here but it's all right um younger teachers have a much greater ability to to have that work-life balance Mm -hmm. you know like no i'm not going to volunteer to do 17 different programs (laughs) after school Uh, but those of us that have um, been around a little while you know didn't learn how to say no as easily Mm -hmm. and so we've got so many things on our plate so um taking time for yourself is always critical yeah right that's good advice i love it all right Teresa. question three what's different about education today compared to when you started (laughs) oh my gosh um pretty much everything (laughs) if we're looking at gifted instruction i think um at least in my world and I don't just mean Mansfield, but I think we're doing a better job of serving gifted kids than we were mm. when I started. For sure, in instru- mm. in in education, um, and we're doing. 
and not, not just gifted kids, but we're doing a better job of finding individual kids and what they need rather than mm-hmm. here it is, I'm putting it out, kids. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, that's on you. Right. Uh, so we're doing a much, teachers are working harder, and we're doing a much better job to connect instruction to something, future life, um, you know, mm-hmm. what job you're going to have, when you're going to go to college, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Building so there's meaning. a hook. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So <laughs> as crazy as this sounds, my first year of teaching, we did not have the text. We were oh, still yeah. using oh, the yeah. essential elements, uh-huh. and our test at the time was toss, I believe. And mm. so I think I've lived through... I had tabs first. Oh. There was tabs. Maybe it was tabs. There was tabs, then teams, then toss, toss then tax, st- tax, then, then star. star. Yeah. So yeah, so I would say <laughs> the kids <laughs> we, didn't use a TI eighty three; they just brought an abacus in. Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> pretty bad, much, and yeah, yeah, and we had essential elements, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have that when I started. I don't think because I remember walking into my first classroom and opening the closet, and there was this dusty black kind of pendaflex folder thing and I said what is this and my I will say mentor teacher but we didn't call him that then said oh that's your curriculum and it was yeah (laughs) it it was like printed off on that old green and white paper you know Uh, on the mm -hmm. old printers and I don't think anybody looked at it yeah yeah in years (laughs) right no thanks yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right uh next question question number four uh, Audrey, I believe we're starting with you this time. Who's the one person you cannot imagine being without in your educational journey? Oh my gosh, you can't ask me that. Okay, um, we'll move on then. And who? Just, uh, I don't know. I just <laughs> like. I just can't even imagine picking one because it's there's so many people uh-huh. who, whether it was yesterday or 10 years ago or my first day you know that have just like have helped me get here and so many people I rely on when I need to talk through um something but man I know that's I don't like that question okay Okay. (laughs) there's not a good answer for that (laughs) I think I would say right now if we were looking at right now who could I not live without it would be um one of my well I have two district level specialist um either one of those would be who i couldn't live without right now but like audra there's countless people on the way who have held me up or you know pushed me to do more or Mm -hmm. even sometimes shut me up you know (laughs) that's That's like asking us to pick a favorite child yeah pick your favorite child (laughs) is the next question i guess i'll skip that uh question number five Teresa. if you had to tell teachers to do one thing to develop student potential, what would it be? Don't hold them back. Mm-hmm. Don't, if, if mm-hmm. you know, if they've already got it, don't make them just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. Give them something more. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean more like more worksheets, but give them more so they can grow and think. Yeah. Don't put a ceiling on what they're learning. Powerful yeah. stuff. Very cool. Audra, what do you think? Relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know who your kids are and what makes them tick because it doesn't matter if you're like the content expert. If mm-hmm. there's not That's a connection, right. there's not nothing's going to happen. That's wow. right. Yeah. 
Well, I, seriously, thank you so much for this conversation today. I, I really do think there's a lot of people who are going to enter into this wanting to know a little bit more about different districts and how they run things and why not yeah. Why not two amazing leaders <laughs> like y'all. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, how would they go about doing that? Email me is the best thing because yeah. I'm on campuses all the time. Yeah. I'm yeah. usually not in my office. Mm-hmm. If I am, there's something going on, you know, like, so send me an email. Um, Could I ask you? Yes, it is Teresa Francis, T E R E S A F R A N C I S at M I S D M A I L dot org. Anyone, feel free to email me. I'm always there to help. Um, And my email is A R O W E L L at N I S D T X dot org. I'm also on Twitter, Audra Rowell 94. There you go. The 94? The 94. What was the, the 94? Uh, graduated from college. All right. Yep. Very good. Hook them horns. You know. <laughs> Just had to sneak that in at the Had end. to That's sneak it in. <laughs> Thanks again to our guests today, Teresa Francis and Audra Rao. We're so glad you could join us. If you're interested in learning more about today's guest and their work, check out the links included with this podcast post. And if you're not yet a member of the Texas Association for the Gifted and Talented, we hope you'll join. Uh, visit txgifted.org and click on the Join tab. Unduly Learning is proud to support the Texas Association for the Gifted, their podcast and gifted education nationwide. Be sure to visit our website at renzulilearning.com and sign up for your free trial to experience firsthand how we deliver a rigorous, personalized learning environment for all students pre-K through 12 and how we align our resources to the TEKS and provide student-driven project-based learning that unpacks the natural passions and abilities in all children.